This is the official Caps Church Podcast, proudly a part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. What's going on, Caps fans? It's me, the Hockey Troll, and I'm here with that snack, Polly Cupcakes. What's going on? Caps fans, we've got an incredible episode for you. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you liked the last week's episodes of kind of a backup vibe as we were kind of out of town. But a lot has happened since since then. Colorado Avalanche have won Lord Stanley's Cup. Paul, I'm sure you're pretty happy about that. I am. Very, very happy. <laughs> Good for you. Um, and uh, we'll be diving right into that. We'll talk about all the action that's happened league-wide with head coaches, player transactions, um, and all sorts of other stuff uh, as we as we get going. So why don't we pop some tabs and get right into it. What do you think, Polly? Let's do it. One, two, three. All right. So, Caps fans, we do have somewhat of a sad announcement. Polly, why don't you tell our adoring fans what that is? Well, uh, I will be leaving Capstro. This is my final week, today and Thursday. So, you know, you're going to go on listening to Hockey Troll without snack time. It's pretty brutal, man. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, while we will miss you, um, you know, you're not going on to another podcast. Nobody has, has stolen you from, from the show. It's just you're taking a step away, correct? Correct. You know, uh, you were you were my one undone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, brutal. Well, you know, Thursday, we're just going to have a poly... A snack time probably cupcakes appreciation sesh. So uh, and and you know beyond that and beyond this week, <clears throat> we're gonna shut things down. Uh, I need to either find a co-host or start lining up fucking interviews because God knows you guys don't want to listen to me just ramble on um, incoherently into the mic. So stand by for that. But we will leave you with a couple good episodes this week. Um, and I uh, hope to see you back after we return. Yeah. Keep listening. You know, we know Hockey Troll makes this, makes this podcast anyway. <laughs> Fair, farewell, Polly. Farewell. Um, all right. Let's get right into some league news here, and we'll start out with the Stanley Cup. Uh, the Colorado Avalanche did win, Polly. How, t- how jacked were your tits? Oh, they were just spewing with excitement. Um, you know, I so I had a uh, a trip to Florida that I went on, and it just so happened that I was in Orlando for games four, five, and six. And my original thought was I was going to go visit my buddy down there and maybe go to a game at Amelie Arena. But that didn't happen because there were two car payments. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then I did find sort of reasonably priced, but for game six, but still it was almost 400 So that was not really completely reasonable as a person. It's just money, money. dude. Yeah, true. Um, 
But so, you know, game four, I watched in a bar in Orlando, and we weren't making friends, really. Because um, <laughs> you were in your abs shit. Right? Yeah. I was wearing a jersey. My wah jersey. Nice. Um, there were actually some dudes from Nebraska there. Okay. And they were wearing Ranger shit, so they what did the love us. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, aside from them, we were getting stared at. So after the second period, I was like, "Dude, let's uh, let's go back to your apartment. We're <laughs> having a few beers. We're getting loud." And honestly, I was glad to be at home for the way that one ended because um, we may have gotten beat up. <laughs> and then game five, I was we went to the Tampa Bay Rays baseball game where they had a walk off win against the Pirates. And we stood underneath the Jumbotron because the walkway has, like, a shelf you can just stand at or, like, Mm. a counter. Yeah. So we just watched from right field, and I wore my Avs jersey again, and I made even more not friends (laughs) in the game. Um, Most of the people were pretty cool once they gave me some shit. And, you know, it it was mostly friendly. And then game six... My buddy had a beer league game, and so I watched it alone in his apartment, and I kind of liked that, because I could just have completely raw emotions, uninterrupted, you know, not having, you know, I don't know, it was just kind of nice to just, like, yell and scream at the TV by myself. Fair enough. Yeah. And you were uh, in a glass case of emotions there. I was. alone in the apartment. I had quite a few drinks, and it didn't even touch my nerves. <clears throat> yeah. Um, well, congratulations to the somewhat underperforming Colorado Avalanche. I mean, <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. This team should have got it done. And, you know, <clears throat> it's very Caps-esque, except, dude, I really don't think the Washington Capitals had a team this stacked when it came down to it. Like, I don't think that we've seen a team this fucking good in... A, a really long time. I mean, you know, maybe one of the Blackhawks teams. Yeah. I mean, they are pretty dominant. I mean, uh, yeah. And you look at the depth, like, just up and down the lineup. Yeah. I mean, they had quite a few guys scratched that I think any team would love to have. Like, Curtis McDermott, he might be a second liner on an, or a second pair D-man on another team. Right. Uh... Obey Cabell, there were quite a few games he was scratched. I think he would be, I mean, top nine, maybe top six on another team. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, they, the depth is wild. Honestly, I think their biggest question mark was a net. and Which is crazy when you have Kemper and Frankie. Yeah, and, you know, aside from the one bad game by Kemper, I think he played a pretty good finals, and... He stood toe-to-toe with Vasilevsky. Right. And um, to bury the lead a little bit, Kale McCarr did end up winning the Conn Smythe. I don't think that there's a more deserving guy. Yeah, he had like 26 points or something. From the fucking blue line. Yeah. And how many games did they play? Eight plus 12, 20 games. Wild. Yeah. Crazy. That is insane. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, I mean, you look at this playoff, and I think that this is how it sh- it would have been written it, from anyone who had just seen the the 
original 16. Like, if you just went based on roster strength alone, it seemed like it really fell into place here. Yeah, I mean, you know, some people might say you want one versus one, but when you look a little deeper, on paper, these are the teams that should have been there. Yeah, exactly, and then I can't think of a final that ever had this matchup marquee. I mean, the headline fight, the headline matchup was the final this year. You know, these yeah. are, those are, I think, the two best teams to go at it. Yeah, I mean, how often do we say, you know, this or that team won the Stanley Cup in the second round? Yeah, right. And this time it took all the way to the end. I will say <clears throat> the Tampa Bay Lightning had a much harder road to hoe, I think. But, I think they did it. But, you know, I mean, what what's that mean? You know, nothing, right? I mean, you still got to win, and yeah. they didn't. I mean, you know, some would argue that's, you know, that's what you get for not finishing higher up. You know, like the right. Avalanche earned the easier path. Right, and so you look at um, all of the – I'm sure that anybody, all the staunch defenders of the playoff format in the, in the league office are probably just fucking – just breaking their arms, jerking themselves off about how this was the right way to do it and that we shouldn't reseed and all this other shit uh, every round. <clears throat> so, you know, I'm not a huge fan of the reseed. I like one versus eight, mm-hmm. you know, the straight up regular bracket without right. the reseed. And that's what they did this year, didn't they? Well, it's not. The top, it's not like in order of points. You have the division winners in their spots. Uh, <clears throat> I see what you're saying. Right. Okay. You mean based on points, you like the one through eight, yeah. not the divisional kind of matchup. But the, the divisional matchup kind of did. It, it worked out. It that, did. I think that there was only, if you look back, maybe like one team that would have switched. Uh, and that would have been like a wild card spot to a third division place. Yeah. And maybe, well, no, now that I think of it, I see what you're saying. You want, like, you would have thought that, like, the Avs would have had one and then it would have been Tampa two. Or, I'm sorry. Well, no, like, like so in, say in the East, if, mm-hmm. um, say Toronto had more points, more points than Carolina, they'd mm-hmm. be number two. Instead of Carolina automatically be number two because they won their division. Gotcha. Time takes away the incentive to win your division. I guess. But I guess it's not really. It's kind of a moot point. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, but in any case, this is how it's been since they reorged. They added, uh, they re- realigned the league in the Metropolitan Division, basically. Yeah. So, and then other than weird COVID bubble shit <clears throat> with the bubble tournament. Um, this is basically how it it's always been. So, I mean, playoffs are the playoffs. The best team is going to get there. Yeah, but I guess really the biggest issue is when do they face their hardest matchup? Right, exactly. And, and it for just both so of happened. These, oh, go ahead. Well, it, it just so happened that this was in the finals, as as it, yeah. you would think it should be. Yeah, each team played their hardest series last. Yeah, exactly. Um, and what a fucking series it was. Honestly, man, like, I, I was really upset that it didn't go seven. Um, this is probably the first time in a while because I was, like, out of town that I didn't get to watch, like, the cup presentation and, and all that stuff. I didn't get to watch the last game at all. So I actually found out, like, the next morning 
which sucked. <clears throat> but, um, but yeah, I mean, I would have loved another another game of this. It was just so good, back and forth. Yeah, I mean, when you don't really have a dog in the fight, I agree with you. But <laughs> right. as an Avalanche fan, when they were up 3-1 to one and lost Game 5, I was like, oh my god, they're one game away from it coming down to one when they could have wrapped this up. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's go through that. On Wednesday, the 22nd, the Avs ended up taking the second half of the Tampa Bay homestand in overtime, a 3-2 to two Avs win. I mean, I think that that Kadri goal was going to stand out as, like, that'll, that's forever etched in Avalanche history at this point, don't you? Yeah, and I think it's going to be on a lot of, like, uh, Stanley Cup promo videos in the yeah. future. I think it's going to be one of those iconic goals. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you look at, and I almost feel bad for Tampa Bay here because they had the game somewhat in hand. You know, they're up by one. Um, And then late in the game, got the Avs got an incredibly lucky bounce off Cogliano, off his, like, knee, um, to tie it up. And then Kadri, you know, after deflating the team, going through the intermission, and then Kadri comes in for the insane OT winner. Uh, forget who he was matched up against, but he draws the defenseman. He goes outside and then just just the most, I mean, slick one move from backhand to forehand and goes through uh, Vasilevsky's like seven hole there uh, and roofs it into the net. Uh, pretty crazy for for Tampa Sorelian and Hedman scored. So their guy their guy showed up, but they just couldn't they couldn't get it done. Yeah, I mean, I think that was an instance where one team played great and the other team was just better. Yeah, right. It and was, that's I think that that was really the indication, other than the two blowouts, which were also fun to watch uh, each way. That's exactly what this that, – that would sum up the entire series. Yeah, you know, on that goal, like I said, we had gone home for the third period. So, watching at my buddy's house and it – the play happens, and I'm like, "Yeah, what happened? That that looked like it had gone in, or is it over the net and no right. one sees it? And I was like, come on, how did that not go in? And then they started celebrating, and I was just like, <laughs> I didn't think that that puck went in until it crossed the fucking line. Like, I was like, no way. I'm like... So you see the play develop, and you see Kadri charging in with a really with a ton of real estate in front of him, coming into the Tampa Bay zone, and then he pull he goes wide, and you're like, okay, this play is over. But wait a minute, and then you see the defenseman kind of start to lunge, and then that's always a bad sign. Then you see like, whoa, fuck, Kadri's got wheels, comes in, drags the puck over, and lets it go, and you're like, that. I don't know how that wouldn't have been a goal, but I oh fuck, I don't I don't I guess it isn't in. And then they had to, you know, they stopped play and reviewed it and it was ended, ended up being stuck behind the back bar. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the Avs came over and was like, It's in. <coughs> and Wes right. McCauley is like I think it was him. Yeah, just he's just like her, looking her. at the net like, huh? <laughs> right. Um That's two crazy confusing goals the Avs have had because uh Berkey Put one that went through, through the, net the net in the first round. Talk about big dick energy. You right. fucking rip a hole through the net. You're the man. 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, so congratulations to Burakovsky. Also, you know, side note, second cup. Uh, love to see that kid succeed. Uh, you know, I'm sorry. And then, you know, of course you, you have all those like, where was that DC um, people and sentiment, but you know, these situations, I mean, are so hard to get to. And it's like, who's going to do what? And Burakovsky's have nothing but thrive in Colorado. <clears throat> Well, even in Colorado, yeah. there's been times where Jared Bednar has been like, we need more out of him. Right. You know, he's had times where he wasn't finding the net. You know, uh, Griffin from the Tell It As It Is, Tell it as it is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, I remember he tweeted something like, Bergen needs to shoot the puck. He needs to realize that he has one of the best shots in the league and just let it go. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a sentiment that we've been with very. We know that feeling all too well. Yeah. Um, in any case, his team got it done. Good for him. Uh, you know, and it's not like this guy hasn't paid his fucking dues, right? Like, I yeah. mean, paid his dues on the Caps. Had a great playoff. One gets traded. Uh, is a contributor instantly with the Avs, and then you know works through his own shit, and then again wins again. So, you know. As far as long-term career for Andre Burakovsky, I think that he's got plenty of runway left to go. Um, and we wish him the best, honestly. Absolutely. Um, so should we talk about what yeah. everyone was talking about? Yeah, so at the end of this game, uh, there was a big controversy, which I'll be honest, I didn't think there was much there to be bitching about. But too many men gate. Uh, there were six players on the ice <clears throat> for the Colorado Avalanche as play was turning around. You know, but this play, like, that change, I don't know. I mean, I don't think it really, it it, it wasn't like, and correct if I'm wrong, but the guy coming off the bench didn't even touch the puck in that sequence, did he? No. He was, like, literally standing on the ice getting ready to hop the boards. Right, and, but, and then the but the guy that came off the boards, did he start the puck up? I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, I don't think anybody involved in this too many men gate were involved. In the play didn't touch the puck, like didn't impede progress for the other team. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, you know, I respect the hell out of John Cooper. I think he's done an incredible job in Tampa Bay, uh, and you know, also management in Tampa Bay has really shown a lot of faith in him. Um, I'm going to be the last guy to say that, like, a coach throwing dig, like, that I don't want to see a, th- a coach challenge the NHL, challenge refing, start b- finding any excuse. Um, <clears throat> I mean, what, what's the what's the alternative for John Cooper here? The dry, yeah, they were better than us in this game. Do you really want to hear that, folks? No. I want to see Tortorella. I want every coach... In, in, the, in the NHL to be Tortorella-esque and just be like, fuck the NHL, these motherfucking refs, these... And then if you can take digs on the Penguins, you know, that's even better. Yeah, so, <laughs> I I don't... I think it was uh, a little gamesmanship because uh, it's a tough loss. You know, this is definitely the, the swing of the series, this game. Um, it going to overtime and then one kind of uh, jailbreak play that typically wouldn't happen in transition, in overtime, in Kadri Berries. I mean, it's just a 
you can't go into the locker room and say like, well, this is what we did wrong. That was just a, a good hockey play. Yeah. You know, like there's nothing pervasively wrong with the team. And at that stage in, in that atmosphere, I don't want my guys thinking that there's something wrong with the system this far in the game. It's GE just, you know, you, you fuck it. It wasn't our fault. You know, if that's the route you want to go and move on, whatever gets your team to move the fuck on as quickly as possible is what I want. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. As as the leader of the group of guys, you got to keep their their spirits high. Mm-hmm. Um, it was interesting though. There was a someone caught uh, a picture, and when there's six avalanche on the ice, there's seven Tampa Bay Lightning. <laughs> right. So you know, <coughs> be careful what you bring up. Sure. Um, and you know, to John Cooper's point. Uh, extend the series they did on the 24th uh, the the games or the series goes back to Colorado Tampa Bay with a 3-2 win this game was just absolute mayhem the the barn in Colorado was so fucking loud um, you know I often say that like the DC home crowd is is unmatchable but here man I mean I would venture to say that Colorado was louder yeah, man, they were hungry for this. I mean, I know it's not like the Caps or the Blues getting their first ever, but you know when you when you get a team who has instant success, two cups in the first you know six seven years, and then just goes to shit, and then you have to wait another twenty years for a lot of those fans. You know that last cup is just something they hear about, really. Yeah, or weren't, don't even remember. Right. So, you know, getting, I, I think getting the chance to clinch at home, uh, yeah, really brought out the wildness. But yeah, and so this game was back and forth. Uh, the Avs were down late in the third. Uh, the crowd did jinx it, I think, with the we want the cup chance, chance for sure. Uh, probably, you know, I was waiting for it to happen. Like, when does that happen? Yeah, it happens probably. It ended up happening midway through the third period. Um, and the fans looked like they were going to get what they wanted with a game-tying goal um, with a, a lucky bounce off of the, I think it was off like a skate or off of an ass or something, into the net by the Colorado Avalanche. But with six minutes left, Andre Palat buries, and I mean, this, this passing play was had the Avs spinning in, in place um, and takes the win right out of, right out of uh, Colorado's hand. Nobody led by more than one <clears throat> in the entire game. So, you know, Andre Palat, this guy has been a big part of Tampa Bay, uh, and, you know, we've got 12 game-winning goals in the playoffs. So that's a franchise record, probably by a pretty wide margin. You have to look that up to know that that's probably – a pretty big margin for Andre Pilat there. Um, coming up on free agency, you know, I'd, I'd love the Caps to maybe, you know, because the Caps are going to be looking for veterans, right, in this offseason. Um, he might be worth a look. Yeah, and the the Caps are going to have room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ostensibly speaking, uh, they probably will have some room um, with the Baxter injury. <clears throat> um, so... Tampa Bay, down by one game in the series, Colorado leading 3-2, to two. June 26th, 
Colorado uh, goes back to Tampa and ends up taking the game 2-1. to one. I didn't get to watch this game. You said you did. Why don't you take us through what happened? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, so first goal of the game was probably something. Well, before we get to that, Nathan McKinnon had two really good chances, like the first 20 seconds of the game. So I they mean, came out hot. Yeah. I mean, they get the puck in, and then he's – on his offside, and it looks like he's going to beat Vasilevsky twice, and Vasi makes both saves. And then we go to the other end of the ice. I can't remember if it was the same shift or a minute or two later, but Kale McCarr, doing what Kale McCarr does, tries to skate through people in front of the net. This time, it didn't work out. Coughs it up. They get a good bounce. Goes right on to Stamco's stick, and he... Uh, beats Kemper five hole, crowd's going nuts. It looks not great from the Colorado perspective. Yeah, but McKinnon got them on the board early in the second when he finally did beat Vassy on the short side, and there was some controversy because there was a delayed call on the play, and Cooper was arguing that they had touched the puck. After review, it had showed that he touched the puck before the referee's arm had gone up. So, you know, that's in slow motion. Put that into real-life speed with a real-life person. The referee who's making the call isn't watching the puck. He's right. watching the guy who just cre- committed the penalty. So I think it was kind of – I mean, like you said, I get why Cooper is fighting for it because you're trying to win the cup. <laughs> but as an Avalanche fan – I was glad he didn't get his way because I thought it was a really dumb... If they had overturned it, it would have been dumb. Well, so, like, what should happen there is, like, once the infraction takes place, the next possession by the ops team, regardless of whether the ref's hands up or not, should blow the play dead. Like, because I don't know how... I didn't didn't know this, so how, how close was it? It was very close. It was almost simultaneous. Simu- like, yeah. yeah. So you got one ref who's looking at the puck and one ref who sees the infraction. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, as it all happened so quickly, you know, as a ref, you're thinking, I got my hand up. I'm calling it when it happens. You know, I've been a ref, not at the NHL, <laughs> but sometimes it takes a second for your brain to register that it's a call, and then once you've made that decision, now you're looking for the next touch. Right. They're not. You're not thinking he touched the puck when I was thinking about it. Right. You're thinking <clears throat> next time I see someone touch the puck. Yeah, interesting. And it it sounds like this play was crazy. Like it was just like a like a pinball. Yeah. And that's what. And of course, I don't. Again, I didn't watch this play, but uh, you know if. Possession is different from just, like, it touching you, right? You have to possess the puck, which means, like, you should have at least the puck in a position where you have control of it, completely control of it. Yeah. I mean, he kind of, like, <coughs> scooped it away. He didn't, like, handle it. Right. Well, if he if he made a play on the puck, that would still be considered possession. But, but like you said, if the infraction in him, like, scooping the puck happened simultaneously, then... You can't blow the play dead there, which is right. what it sounds like kind of happened. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, you know, hey, lots of things to be bitching about in yeah. this situation, right? <laughs> um, and then the Stanley Cup clinching goal was scored by Lekkonen. Guess who? I mean, he got them to the final. He got Montreal to the final last year. You know, uh, he's coming down. I think they had a three-on-one or a three-on-two. And McKinnon or someone else shot it. Rebound came to Lekkonen, and he went top side, far side. Beauty of a goal. Uh, it was great. Really great. Nice to see one of the, you know, someone who wasn't like the star right. do it. So, you know, going to the end of the second period, it's two to one Avs. The Avs dominated the third period. Yeah. Um, so just shutting the door on like a, a certain team in DC that couldn't. Yeah. Um, <coughs> Tampa only got four shots on net in the third period. I mean, the majority of the game was played on the Tampa side of the red line. Didn't make it still not nerve wracking. Sure. Because. Kucherov had a really good look in the third period. Yeah. And Kemper stood to the task. And the Avalanche won the Stanley Cup. Crazy, man. So congrats again to the Avalanche for winning the Stanley Cup. It's fucking wild. Uh, They finally did it. Uh, And, I mean, geez, you've liked the Avs for a long time. I mean, there were some dark years leading up to this. I mean, the Avs have won for a couple seasons were far and away the worst team in the NHL. Yeah, they were. I mean, that's how they got draft picks like Nathan McKinnon, Gabriel Landeskog, Kale McCarr. Right. I mean, that's how they built their team was drafting studs when they sucked. And they they had to. And, you know, speaking of, like, all the moves that the Colorado Colorado Avalanche did this season, this offseason, I mean, Lekkonen was a deadline acquisition. Yeah. Which he was one of the highest touted. There were a lot of, I mean, he was being thrown around with the Caps and everybody else. I mean, a lot of guys, a lot of teams wanted Lekkonen on. Uh, ends up, the Colorado Avalanche, you know, basically did what it what it takes to get him. Um, so, you know, congratulations to them from ownership on down. They really went for it this year. Uh, not that they weren't in previous years, but... You know, it takes those times for those teams to get over the hump in what a way they did it by beating the back-to-back Stanley Cup champions in the finals. Yeah, I mean, that's you – know, I think it makes it a little sweeter. You know, you really feel like you earned it. You dethroned the champs. Right. Um, and just some uh, notes on mm-hmm. some significant things of the avalanche. Kale McCarr won the Conn Smythe. 29 points. It was 21 assists. Um, he's the third D-man to win the Norris and Smythe in history. The other two, not a big deal. <laughs> Bobby Orr and Nicholas Lindstrom. Yeah, ever heard of those guys? McCarr finished the playoffs with more points than all but three defensemen in NHL history. And those were Paul Coffey, Brian Leach, and Al McInnes. So, you know. Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, not bad company to be sharing there for young Kale McCarr, who's like, what, 23 or he's, something? He's 23, and at this point <coughs> on his resume, he has the Hobie Baker Award, Calder Trophy, Norris Trophy, Conn Smythe, Stanley Cup. So he's got 
four prestigious MVP awards, and then the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Dude's a world beater. Um, you know, you hope <clears throat> when guys get, like, this success so young that they have a good career afterwards, but this kid seems to, like, be humble, has a good, good head on his shoulders. Uh, I think... Kale he... McCarstan over here, for real. Yeah. Kale Mastar, as uh, Anson Carter called him. Kale Mastar, yeah. He, uh... Oh, what was I going to say? I lost it. Uh, I don't know. I lost it. Um, Jared Bednar is the first coach to win the Kelly, Calder, and Stanley Cups. Little Jay Beagle of the coaching world. Yeah. He also won it as a player, I believe, the Kelly Cup. Okay. Um, oh, what I was going to say. Kale McCarr, I think, behind McDavid, and maybe even worth having a debate, most dominant player in the NHL. This whole, like, gotta be nominated five times before you win a Norris Trophy is yeah. out the fucking window. Because, look, Victor Hedman's the man, don't get me wrong, but, like, at the same time, Kale McCart definitely earned it this year. Yeah. He showed it in the playoffs, uh, just like Adam Fox did last year. Um, so, bit and of I a th- passing the torch there. I think what Kale McCart has <clears throat> that no other defensemen have is that he is putting up points with the best of them. Right. But then also he plays physical in the defensive zone. Mm -hmm. And he is – I mean, he can play a shutdown game and still rack up points. Yeah, no NHL defenseman makes it into the show without being able to do that. You know, elite or not, or offensive defenseman or not, you have to be able to play D. Um, And as much as, like, people want to shit on John Carlson – for being so offensively talented. The turntables. <laughs> exactly, right. So, uh, obviously, the offensive talent in Fox and McCarr definitely has uh, come out, like, early for these guys. Uh, yeah. You know, I think that, like you said, it's it's definitely more crazy that uh, that he's doing it like this, you know, so young. Yeah, and... I heard some people say he's like Bobby Orr, and I think yeah. he, from what I've heard and read and seen highlights of Bobby Orr, I mean, I think it's a fair comparison. Yeah, and I mean, Bobby Orr really revolutionized the position uh, as he was well. kind of like the first. that? <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, that's pretty much how we played defense growing up. It, right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Like, you know, you get it in deep, you know, get to the red line, get it in deep. Uh, if you're lucky, they pass it to you at the point. Right, exactly. Um, but now, you know, the the high cycle and things like that are so prevalent that the defensemen have to be so multifaceted in today's NHL. So, and that's why they make the big bucks, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, you know, I'm looking at some uh, players on this a series, and I would love the Caps maybe to take a look at Nachushkin and Pilat, um, either one. I loved Nachushkin's play. Um, he was so clutch. He's a big motherfucker. Uh, he's not afraid of contact, but he plays like that nice grind style, and I mean, man, was he a terror on the forecheck for the uh, Colorado Avalanche. And then, you know, you have Andre Pilat, who's just, he's Andre Pilat. He's a workhorse out there. 
but he also has some pretty elite finishing ability. And same with both these guys. I mean, I feel like that's a really good injection of play style. Could also fit in the the Washington system. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, <clears throat> the one thing though is that anybody who gets these guys is going to have to pay that Stanley Cup tax. Yep. So they've all increased their stock. Somebody's going to pay them next year. That's for sure. Um, so maybe it won't be the caps, but, uh, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, definitely interesting to see. And of course these guys were showcased in the highest moments. So maybe they're dog shit next year. Who knows? But, uh, what do you think the unlikely. shelf life is on Stanley cup tax five years <sighs> or three? You know, I think it's, you're going to pay the he- I think it drops exponentially after the first year. So like, yeah. so Palat, Nishuskin, Kadri, they're all going to be UFAs. If they can't sign with the Colorado Avalanche, I mean, Kadri's already out here talking, talking shit. Like I've shown my worth. Yeah. You know, imagine what happens when you just like keep your cool and don't fucking destroy someone from behind. Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> which he's done more often than one cups. That's for sure. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I mean, I would say that you get to add two years and a million per year when you win the cup, just flying off the cuff. Uh, so I believe that the Washington Capitals will look elsewhere because they, they they have some cap, but they don't have, um, you know, funny money like Montreal or like, uh, you know, Arizona or, you know, even maybe even like the Jets like you know what I mean like they don't yeah. have a ton of money but um, they've got enough to make some moves so it'll be interesting to see what, what the Washington Capitals do in the offseason but uh, speaking of making moves DraftKings Sportsbook the action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook especially this summer with tons of ways to bet on your favorite sports you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before plus right now DraftKings Sportsbook is giving customers a, f- a free a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash it in. You can throw down on, you can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more, plus with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Uh, best of all, DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Just tons of upcoming games that you can be, you know, baseballs. <laughs> baseball is in the, dr- the the doldrums of baseball <laughs> right now. Yeah. Um, in you know, first quarter of the season, uh, you've got tons of MMA stuff heating up. So, Caps fans, take a look at this stuff for sure. Download DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a whisk- risk-free bet up to. $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restriction apply. See show notes for details. You know what else is kicking up? What? The World Cup. Oh, yeah. Are you excited? Um, You know, I haven't followed much. I have seen that there were uh, some qualifiers happening. I think... I think they're still playing their regional tournaments, so okay. you know the Euro Cup and stuff. <clears throat> is this a and this is the one that's like every four years? Is that right? Yes, okay. it's um, the same years as the Winter Olympics. 
Right. Gotcha. Yeah. So that'll be interesting. When does that actually that tournament play? Do you know? Is it? It's yeah. not just, until the winter of this year. No, it's during the it? summer. Oh, really? Um, I'm looking. <coughs> at, oh, maybe it is in the winter. Yeah. Maybe they moved it to the winter because of COVID. COVID, yeah. I'm pretty sure because they delayed everything. Yeah, it starts in 139 days. It's in Qatar. That's gotcha. a country that won't go broke because they have so much money. Yeah. Um, I'm sorry. You were talking about soccer World Cup. Yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, I was like, what's he talking about World Cup? Like, ah, oh, yes, soccer World Cup. Yeah, yes, that'll be awesome. Um, you know, FIFA is just such a fucking organization that... Uh, Let's go to the hottest place. Well, they I think they also had to do it in winter. Um, and I don't know what the seasons are like in Qatar, or Qatar, as I've seen the people are pronouncing it as. Um, I didn't know, or I mean, it's like the hottest place on earth. Um, and they're like using like a bunch of like really shady labor to build this massive soccer complex. So, Well, I know in Qatar they... Um the citizens have a very good life. The prince yeah. has dumped money into the people. The immigrants, not so much. Right. And that's probably what they're working on there. Yeah. <clears throat> um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you're a, if you're a Qatari, like, citizen, you know, we, uh, my girlfriend just got her American passport, and I'm like, you know, it's pretty fortunate that us as Americans can have like one of, that's a pretty powerful document when you're traveling abroad you know yeah. an American passport you get basically free reign to almost any country ever <clears throat> but I think a guitar passport is probably a little bit more powerful because not only do you get that you probably get like a free Lambo too yeah right <laughs> you know like every citizen of guitar like is like a fucking somehow linked to royalty in like uh, oil field or other insane industry that's involved in that sort of energy production. It's probably a very nice place to be born. Yeah. If you were parents or citizens of Qatar. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and just another note on the World Cup, the 2026 is in North America. And mm. it's going to be shared between Mexico, Canada, and America. How is that? I think there's 16 cities, and it's, I think maybe Toronto, Vancouver, Mexico City, maybe Guadalajara, and then the rest are in America. So instead of, so everyone's traveling to each location? Yeah, well, I'm sure each group will have, you know, their area to play. So So instead of... So, like, in a nation like Qatar has, like, no massive soccer stadium, or at least they want to build another one, instead of having to build one, they would just use existing facilities in 2026. Oh, I'm sure they will. Yeah. yeah. Makes sense. I mean, it's super expensive to build that type of shit. Yeah. So, <clears throat> interesting. Well, I mean, that's probably the only soccer event I ever watch. Yeah, same. And of course, I'll be rooting for the USA. Absolutely. Right. 
All right, back to hockey. Let's talk about some coaching changes. It's been quite the revolving door this offseason. Um, you know, coming up on the end of the season, there was just a glut of coaches that were either fired during the playoffs, you know, because our team didn't perform, um, or fired for conceivably no reason, like in Barry Trotz's uh, case. Um, and, you know, so let's, let's just get through it. Uh, there has been some signings. Uh, the most notable here, and this is another weird one, uh, Paul Maurice was hired as coach of the Florida Panthers. So Andrew Burnett is out on his ass after taking the Florida Panthers to the Eastern Conference Finals and getting swept. He gets swept. Oh, no, but, second round. Or, I'm sorry, yeah, the second round. But he did win the President's Trophy. Right, he won the President's Trophy. My bad, my bad. Swept right after <clears throat> uh, doing away with the Washington Capitals. And the franchise's first first round win, I think, since the year they lost the cup. Right. Those are some pretty big milestones. Yeah, yeah, and I can't believe that they did that to him. I don't know. I just I thought, shit, this is a, a guy on the come. Keep in mind, though, this is the guy that took over after Joel Quinville was rightfully let go. After um, you know the sexual abuse scandal from Chicago, so I don't know. Maybe it just didn't. I don't know. I thought Burnett Burnett played very or coached his team very well against the Washington Capitals, um, but they just ran into the buzzsaw of Tampa Bay. Yeah, you know, I mean, they just literally Tampa Bay just came out from like a knockdown dragout fight against Toronto. They're firing on all cylinders. <clears throat> You know, had gotten hit in the mouth, woke up, and the next thing that they saw was Florida, and it was just like Florida was just outclassed. Yeah. Uh, so that'll be interesting. Uh, Paul Maurice, you know, we were talking he may take a year off. That is not the case. He's now in Florida, enjoying the much better weather than in Winnipeg. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably still snowing in Winnipeg right now. Uh, Barry Trotz has reportedly, and I'm not sure if this is even real, but he has reportedly said he's going to take a year off and be with family. Um, kind of, I guess, reevaluate his career and shit. Uh, I definitely don't think he's done being a head coach in the NHL, and I think that as soon as he wants to come back in, somebody's going to drop a shitload of money on him. Philly reportedly offered him $7 million a year for, like, multiple years. I think it was four. <clears throat> yeah, he said no. He said... Nah. Wow. That would have been a record for sure um, for a head coach salary. <laughs> Good for Barry. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, it's really hard for me to say anything negative about a guy who won uh, my franchise's first cup. <clears throat> Maybe he's thinking he should come back to D.C. at some point. He's just taking a year off, see what Lavi does, if he hangs himself or not. Well, if Lavi gets fired, I'd love to see Barry come back. Yeah. But, you know, do you, I don't know. I feel like that bridge is a bit burnt with him and Leonsis. Yeah, probably. You know, you wouldn't pay me the first time, but now, after realizing you were wrong, you're coming back to me. I would I would need, like, some serious groveling to be done by the owner. Yeah. That's just me. I'm a spiteful motherfucker. Kiss his bald head on TV. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um... Derek Lalonde is now the head coach of Detroit. I thought that that was where Barry Trotz was going to land. 
Yeah, you had said that a few times. Yeah. Uh, I just thought it would have been a good thing to work with Stevie Y and get a team kind of who has a lot of promise up. But, <clears throat> you know, in hindsight, looking at it, Barry's always been saying that the NHL is not a developmental league. He doesn't want to babysit, basically. Uh, yeah. So he wants the stable full of studs there for him, and then he can put in culture and, and a winning game plan. Um, Derek Lalonde was a uh, assistant coach for Tampa Bay, so good to see him get a shot. Um, Jim Montgomery, who only a year ago took a, a leave of absence and stepped down as the Stars head coach uh, to get himself into a recovery program regarding alcohol, um, and he's already back in a head coach position uh, for Boston. So Boston picked up Jim Montgomery. Uh, if I'm a Bruins fan, I mean, there's a ton of uh, yeah, you're almost forced to rebuild at this point. Yeah, that roster. So it looks like Montgomery's going to be the guy that's that's uh, going to usher them through that. And I mean, looking at his track record with Dallas, uh, he took a team who wasn't performing very well and kind of moved them into a more relevant relevant spot. So absolutely. Good luck to him. I, again, that's someone that I'm like, okay, well, hey, that's something. Um, bonus goes to Winnipeg. That was the guy who replaced Jim Montgomery in Dallas. So <laughs> Dallas can't keep a fucking coach. No. Um, and so he's in there in, there in Winnie. Um, something kind of interesting, Bob uh, Booner, Boner was fired as coach of the San Jose Sharks on Friday. They have not yet named a replacement. He was 67, 85, and 23 in three seasons. He's a head-scratcher to me. Um, San Jose is late to the game with a vacancy. Missed out on all of the top-tier guys that we just talked about. Very trots. Yeah, missed out on trots. Missed out on interviewing everyone. Um, Maybe trots. We'll go there. Yeah, Tortorella. You know, I mean, um, who knows? Uh, They definitely missed a lot of opportunity here. Uh, with basically everybody that we're going to talk about who's placed. Um, <clears throat> Luke Richardson, former assistant coach of the Montreal Canadiens, is hired as the head coach of the Blackhawks, who will replace Derek King. Uh, and then finally, on the management side, Don Sweeney will remain Bruins GM for years to come. They extended him. They're happy about it. So uh, questionable move by Sweeney here to fire uh, Butch Cassidy. And then now he's getting extended. So, I don't know. Maybe Cassidy pissed the wrong people off again. Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, I I would wonder, you know, because you look at how coaches talk to players, coaches talk to hockey guys, how hockey guys talk to each other. I would just love to hear some of the arguments that the head coaches have with the GMs. Yeah. That'd be fun. Yeah. it's It can't be clean. It cannot be for PG. It's rated R yeah. at, the, at the very minimum. Yeah. NC-17. Right. Yeah. Triple X rating just on language alone. Mm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I would I would love to see that, uh, that type of meltdown happen. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, of course, everybody's going to say business is business and they're going to move on however they see fit. I do think that you know, being a head coach that's in the uh, on the shit list of a GM is an incredibly precarious place to be, especially in the NHL, because those motherfuckers have no 
they have no remorse. They, you know, you're either you're either the 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 solution to the problem or the problem. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's never mind. I was gonna make a, a, a not good joke. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, and you know, um, Cassidy, who did he get picked up by? Uh, you go to Vegas. Yeah, he's already in Vegas. So, like this dude. Uh, on paper, went to a much better team. And again, on paper. Fuck the Vegas Knights, but... I feel like with Vegas, or with Cassidy, all these NHL teams are like, I can fix him. <laughs> and, hey, look, you know, obviously, I've got a poster of Cassidy right here to my right. Um, he's got hair in this uh, in this poster. This was back when Randy Carlisle fucking coached the Washington Capitals. Yarmir Yager... Uh, I mean, all of the all of the legends of, of you know Jeff Halpern. We've got Gaunch on here, Kelly Johansson, Brendan Witt. You know, I mean, just a that was a pretty you know Oli Kolzig that goes without that goes even without saying. Um, I really like that poster, and I never really liked it until like I got older. But because this two thousand two thousand two two thousand three. Uh, team was full of potential and did nothing. <laughs> yeah. You know, we've got Yager. Everything was like supposed to be amazing. Was not amazing. <laughs> yeah. That was a, a bust. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, uh, moving on though, trades and transactions, there's been a few. Uh, Craig Anderson, your boy, Polly. Oh, Craig. Staying relevant with a $1.5 million one-year contract with Buffalo at 41 years of age. I mean, hey, man, this guy can't ask for a better end of his career uh, right now. You know, this may be his last contract or second-to-last contract, but 1.5 mil to, you know, at 41, kick it with the boys. Unfortunately, it's in Buffalo, so, you know, there's <laughs> there's that. <laughs> but uh, he thinks he's got uh, a lot left in the tank, and... He's he earned 17 wins with Buffalo last year. I mean, on that squad, you can't fucking ask for much better from a goaltender. Yeah, you know, let's be honest. Um, I mean, playing hockey is better than not playing hockey. Absolutely, no doubt. Um, Fiala ended up traded to the Kings and signed for seven years, like immediately at eight million per. Uh, a first-round pick and captain of the University of Minnesota, Brock Faber, prospect to Minnesota. Uh, that's a flip. I mean, that I think both teams got really good deals out of this. And L.A., who was a bit of a surprise even making the playoffs this year, uh, seeing them in the postseason, may be closer than I think the rest of the league is giving them credit for. And this is a huge piece to add. I think, I mean, Fiala is the man. Yeah, I uh, I think this will be a big boost to that roster, and maybe they'll pick up where they left off. Could they could? I mean, they're definitely trying to build the team in a little bit of a different way. The when compared to the Sutter years, where they were just like so good defensively, and then the offense just found a way. Uh, here, it seems like they're trying to get a little bit more uh, front loaded on the on the offensive side, but still keeping a solid. Backstop and Jonathan Quick, along with a good defensive core. Yeah, they'll be interesting to watch. No doubt, no doubt. So um, they've they've shown their hand a little bit, 
as to what their plans are. And it definitely revolves around Fiala for the next seven years. Um, Lightning traded uh, Ryan McDonough to Nashville for Philip Myers and Grant Mishmash. McDonough has four years left on a seven-year deal. that must have been very recent. Uh, it probably broke like I think yesterday. It was, yeah, uh, Sunday the third. Crazy. So, um, <clears throat> I don't know. Ryan McDonough still relevant. I thought he. I thought he might have been done for after he left the Rangers. And then he went and got a couple cups. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Uh. He is expensive, though, and he's an older guy. So, and I believe it was McDonough who got burned on that Kadri goal. I think it was. <laughs> so, you know, who knows? Uh, I'm sure that didn't play much of a... I, I'm sure it was more of a business business deal than anything else there. Trying to clear cap space. Yeah. Um, but speaking of the Tampa Bay Lightning, Nick Paul was locked in for seven years with the Lightning at about $3 million a year. That's a nice raise and term for a player like Nick Paul who, you know, he came out of nowhere. He was a good guy. He was a good player in uh, Ottawa, but was on Ottawa. So you never hear about anyone outside of the Kachuk, uh, outside of Kachuk um, out of the fucking club. Yeah. So good for him. $21 million. Uh, definitely locked in. Yeah, he was a pain in the ass to watch <laughs> play yeah. against. Absolutely. Uh, <clears throat> Bozer, Brock Bozer, uh, or Besser. Is it Besser? I think it's Besser. Okay, Besser, three years, six and $6.65 million extended with Vancouver. He'll be there. I think that, duh, I mean, that was a no-brainer. Um not terrible money either. I think that this is basically the all right. Here's a here's a bone. Prove yourself and get a raise for the next contract, which will probably be for a longer term somewhere. Yeah. Some uh, somewhat sad news. Datsuk retires after 26 pro hockey seasons. One of the the best to ever lace him up for sure. Um, just they call him the Magic Man for real for a reason. Yeah, <clears throat> for all you kids out there, he was the hands guy before Patrick Kane. Yeah, yep. Uh, and, I mean, I think he won a Selkie, didn't he? Mm, Possibly maybe. once. Uh, he was, his his big uh, claim to fame is that he uh, not only had insane hands and puck handling ability and was an amazing elite player, but, uh, you know, it took him quite a while. I mean, he didn't really get going until his, you know, 28, when he, until he was like 27, 28. Um, <clears throat> he didn't win it. his 30s. He, oh, he never he won didn't a Selkie. Win one. He won okay. three. He won three? Three in a row. Won three Selkies, yeah. Uh, and turnover king. This dude would just hound you until you gave it up. He won the two years that they exchanged rings with the Penguins, mm-hmm. and then the year after. Yeah. Um, so that's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. He's probably already in, let's be honest, because he, he retired a few years ago. Yeah. Um, and just keeping it on the Russian vibe, crazy story. Have you seen this at all, Polly? No, I didn't see until I read the outline. <laughs> yeah, so 
Uh, Russian stud goalie Ivan Fedotov signed a one-year deal with the Flyers. They drafted him back in 2015, but he was already an established stud in the KHL, so he stayed. A la Evgeny Kuznetsov. Uh, the Russian cops picked him up for evading military service. Uh, as guess word got out that he's going to uh, the United States to play for Philly. They were probably cool with it as long as he was still there. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh, and then he immediately fell ill. They said it was like maybe stress-induced or something because he got arrested. I mean, he and was taken to jail. Um and he immediately fell ill. <clears throat> so, like, within a 24-hour span, basically, this dude is getting ready for the NHL. And in 24 hours, gets arrested, falls incredibly ill, and is, like, bedridden in a fucking hospital right now. He's, I mean, like I said, he's a stud. He won a silver medal in Beijing with the Athletes of Russia. He was drafted in 2015. He also won the Gagarin Cup last season. Um, it just It just seems mad sketch. Like... Interestingly enough, the NHL has uh, severed ties with Russia, but it hasn't banned the players. So, like, nothing, nothing's happening between the NHL and Russia right now, like, as far as official business goes, anything like that, because of their invasion of the Ukraine. But the NHL hasn't actually banned Russian players from com- competing in the NHL, which would be, I'm going to be honest, pretty unfair. Um, not just because I'm biased and want to see Ovechkin break Gretzky's record, but I just think that's, like, why are you punishing these players who, you know, by even, here's another example as to, like, you know, if this is something that, like, the KGB is out here poisoning this guy for trying to prevent him or scare him from coming to the United States while this fucking country's waging a full-on war, uh, it just, it just goes to show you, you know, nobody's safe. In this country. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and, I mean, this is not, you know, of course, we're over here thinking worst possible scenario, but this happens a like more than this happened a lot. I mean, Fedorov came to the United States in the trunk of a fucking car. Sergei Fedorov, ex-cat there. I mean, if you don't know who Fedorov is, like, go fuck yourself. But, <laughs> you know... And that was, like, as early as, like, the, you know, 90s, 2000s. Yeah, that was just after the fall of the Soviet Union. Right. Um, So, obviously, things have calmed down, but this is not out of the realm of possibilities within somebody's lifetime, you know, to have seen this type of sketch stuff. There was constant chatter about Yarmir Yager when he went to play for the KHL after he left. uh, After he, because, you know, he took Yager during the lockout, spent an extra year in the KHL, and people were like, is he even going to be able to come back? There was, you know, rumors mostly, but there was legitimate concern to see if Yarmir fucking Yager, one of the greatest hockey players to ever live, would be able to return to the NHL because he'd signed a contract with the KHL. Yeah. And meanwhile, Brittany Griner is still being held in Russia. What? Brittany Griner, she's a WNBA player. Played, yeah. Played in Russia. Right. Uh, for the summer. And they found marijuana contraband. Yeah, that's right. And I'm, I think they extended her court date, and she's still there. Jesus. Uh, yeah, so, <laughs> you know. So that's an American citizen they're doing it to. Imagine right. what they do to their own. 
Yeah. Um, it's it's sketchy. I mean, you know, you're looking at a country where it's illegal to be gay. Like, you know, not only do you risk social uh, malice from that, but, like, you can be literally arrested for, like, kissing somebody of the same sex on the street. Yeah. Arrested. And I was, I, I saw a TikTok about it and it was like the minimum that you would, ha- you, you would get off is like a $500 fine and charges, but could also be like fucking going to the gulag and get lost there for X amount of years and possibly killed. What a fun place. <laughs> you know, it's crazy. There's a lot of, you know, Russia is an incredibly interesting country with uh, a rich history, but in the way that it's set today, um, it's a goddamn shit show. Uh, so, and you know, not to get all crazy to history, but I mean, this is typical of what you see with dictatorships that continue beyond, you know, the longer that they go, the more ridiculous it gets. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, good luck, Ivan Fedotov. I've never heard of you until this story broke. Um, of course, the Flyers are trying to really turn things around. They're in full rebuild mode. They just signed Torts. This would be a great guy to build a team around. Yeah. Um, yeah he's won some big games. Yeah. And uh, Olympic silver. You're looking at a KHL championship. And uh, I believe he's only like in his 20s, mid-20s. I think he's 25-ish. That sucks. Yeah. So, interesting stuff. We'll see how that <laughs> pans out. Um, let's go on to the awards here. Man, we got a lot. We got a lot for this. This is going to be a pretty long epi. Cats fans, you're welcome. Um, what, what 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 do we got on the awards front there, Paul? Yeah, so just FYI, I think you can watch the replay of the award show hosted by Keenan Thompson on ESPN+. Plus. Um, <clears throat> Austin Matthews took home both... MVPs, Ted Lindsay, which is voted on by the players, in the heart, which is the older, more traditional MVP. Voted on by the hockey writers. Right. Kale McCarr won the Norris. We already talked about that. Mm-hmm. The Vesna, no surprise, went to Shesterkin. Yeah. And the Calder went to your pick. Yeah. Moritz Sider up in um, Detroit. Detroit. And he, <laughs> his acceptance speech was... Uh, yeah, my parents aren't here. They just got back from Croatia, and they thought it was more important to go on vacation. <laughs> Holy fuck, that's hilarious, dude. I mean, and, and he's German, so isn't he? Uh, Moritz Seider? Um, I, I I'll think double he's check. A, I mean, it sounds German. Yeah, I think he's a German national. It's uh, an incredibly German thing to do, so... Yeah, he's German. Yeah, uh, I like him. I like him. I think he's going to be the future of that club. I think that I, I, I didn't get to watch him a lot, but the replays that I saw, obviously floating around the internet, were amazing. Dude's a big motherfucker, uh, and definitely has the uh, the the finishing ability to go with it. So, you know, I'd love to see the defenseman get some love here. Yeah, I mean, I know Kim McCarr got the Calder, but usually it's a guy like Trevor Zegers that gets it. <laughs> Exactly right, and I'm just so happy that Zeke's didn't get that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Even your hate for Zegers. I so I don't hate this kid. I just think that his face is just like super punchable. That's all. 
You're going to love him when he's wearing the red, white, and blue. Absolutely, I'll love him. I mean, he. I'm glad he's. I mean, he's got all the swagger of an American douchebag kid, and I love it. But like at the same time, I would punch him in the face as well. Yeah, he's you. It's 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 very much like an, a love hate relationship yeah. with that kid. Uh, undeniable talent. Don't get me wrong. Good hockey player. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, congratulations to all the award winners. Um, let's move on to some injuries. You know, this is always an incredible time. Uh, the injury report that comes out for all teams, but most of all, the ones who made it to the end played through the Stanley Cup final, and then it's like, well, how fucked up were you? And then a lot of them are just like, oh, you know, just missing a couple limbs. Uh, yeah. You know, not bad. Um, <clears throat> uh, some non, non-final injuries. Uh, Anthony DeClaire will be out for the start of the next season for the Florida Panthers. He had a surgery to repair his Achilles tendon injury. Um, that is an incredibly hard uh, injury to come back from. The most recent being uh, that I can remember a big one was Eric Carlson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matt Cook, scumbag, sliced him. I mean, you know. It always just, just gets me when, when Penguins fans talk about Matt Cook changed his game around, and Matt Cook is, uh, you know, that's ex-cap Matt Cook as well, you know. Um, you know, Matt Cook, he, he was he was a dirty player, and, and, you know, Penguins fans, just through their bitching, changed his game. You know, why can't Tom Wilson? And it's like, first of all, like, Matt Cook and Tom Wilson should never be uttered in the same fucking paragraph, hmm. much less a sentence. They are not even close to being the same player. Matt Cook was a professional shit bum. I mean, let's be honest. Uh, you know, Matt Cook probably beat the fuck out of me if he heard this, but like, he won't because why would he? <laughs> but yeah. like, you know, Matt Cook uh, was not there to contribute in really many other ways than punishing hits and shit disturbing. Yeah, some grinding. Yeah, he was a grinder, career grinder. Um, well, Tom Wilson is a first liner in the NHL. So let's just start there. And I've never seen Tom Wilson lose his temper to the point of trying to fucking slice someone with their skate. I mean, that's that never even, like, comes into my... No matter how mad I am. Yeah. I mean, that's assault with a deadly weapon. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm not going to fucking hit you with... Plus, like, who the fuck does that? Like, I'm going to kick you on the ice like that? I don't know. Whatever. Um, scumbag move. But all that weird tangent was to say that Anthony DeClaire did not have that injury happen to him, but it is a really tough injury to come back from. It took Eric Carlson years to return to his, you know, even comparable to his former glory. Um, so, wish Anthony DeClaire the best. I mean, I think that that guy's shown a lot of potential. He's bounced around a lot of different teams and had a kind of a bad rap, um, but it seems like he's found a home in Florida, so I'd love to see him be successful there. Um, who's this next one? Alexei Tropachenko, he's going to be out. Is that why you had me do it? Because you didn't want to say it? <laughs> yeah. He's going to be out <laughs> for the start of the next season uh, for the Blues. He had a, a shoulder surgery. Not exactly okay. sure what. Probably right. rotator cuff. Yeah, young guy? Uh, yeah, I yeah, so. Because I've never heard of him. Um, okay. Now let's get into the, uh, the good shit of the uh, Stanley Cup final injuries. I mean, fucking hell. Uh, Braden Point. Uh, if, if you remember in the final, he, he went out in the third round in the, in the conference finals, came back for one game in the, in the cup finals and just couldn't, couldn't do it. Um, significant 
quad tear. <laughs> I don't know. Is that a common injury in sports? Quad, your entire quad being ripped? Does that happen in football? I mean, I don't hear it very often. That's four muscles. Yeah, I know. Right, like they're the muscles around the largest bone in your body. Uh, that's crazy. Um, and we were talking on the pod, or on the before that we started recording, like, how does that even happen? And you think that it was just like a a compounding injury and continuing to play on it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I think it probably started as a pulled muscle. Yeah. And he just kept coming through it. Right. Wild, dude. It's insane to think that you could just work a muscle to the point of it, like, snapping. Yeah. I've never been there. <laughs> never worked out that hard. No. Nope. <laughs> uh, Nikita Kucherov, meniscus problems, uh, likely from that from that cross-check um, little play, the hockey troll special yeah. there. Just the uh, – and I, who was it, Eric Johnson? No, I think it was Devon Taves. Oh, that's right. <clears throat> um, Kucherov comes down. You know, this is speculation, but his his knee, uh, Devon Taves basically cross-checks straight to the ground, catching his hip, and that side that uh, Kucherov had pointed towards Taves, uh, his knee just kind of collapses and buckles. Uh, he, he's soft getting up, so... You Definitely know. wasn't pretty. No, Um so yeah, uh, who knows? That's probably it. Doesn't sound like it's going to be a surgery, but lots of PT for that. Um, Pierre Edouard Belmar, same thing, meniscus problems. Um, you know, he used to be on the Avalanche. Yes, I think this was his first year in Tampa. Mm-hmm. That's got to suck, right? Um, and he was also with Philly. You, uh, the Avs picked him up from Philly, I believe, right? Mm, I think so. And before yeah. that, I think he played for Montreal. Okay, yeah. So he's been bouncing around. He's he's one of the veterans on that squad. Yeah. Still no cup. Yeah. Guy. Yep. Uh, Anthony Sorelli, AC joint sprain, will need surgery. Uh, what's an AC joint? I think it's in your shoulder. Okay. Yes, because he has shoulder issues. Absolutely. Ryan McDonough, a mangled finger. That's fun. Yeah, not not a broken finger, a fucking mangled one. Uh, awesome, Brandon Hagel. This looked bad. Uh, foot fracture uh, during the series with Florida in the second fucking round. He played through it the entire time, and this guy was out there flying. I don't know what kind of injections and drugs you got to take, but I mean, this dude's basically from the ball. Isn't the entire ball of the inside part of his foot? Uh, it looked like to be his right foot, like from. The front of the arch to the ball of the foot was basically as black as night, and then the fringes were, like, deep purple. Mm. Uh, yeah. Broke his foot. Crazy. Uh, <clears throat> Corey Perry, shoulder sprain. Nick Paul, shoulder sprain and sprained MCL. Andre Burakovsky, broken angle and broken thumb that requires surgery. Uh... Nazem Kadri. He got surgery and came back to play. Right, with the with the thumb, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but then he broke his ankle. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Uh, Nazem Kadri, multiple breaks in his thumb. He should have been out six weeks. Needed uh, uh, trainers to tie his skates for him. Uh, imagine having that. 
that that hand. I mean, and you know, you look at this and you're like, dude, how is it that you played through that and then had that insane play? Right. Like that's a hands move, dude. Yeah. Oh, uh, for Berkey, I think he broke his ankle first. Oh, okay. I think. Um, and played he, on it. I think he got hurt twice blocking a shot. Jesus. One was first or second round, and then in the cup. Wow. Uh, Valentuskin. Actually, this is the guy that I, was, I saw the foot picture of. Yeah. Uh, major foot injury, needed medical help, putting on a skate for game six. I mean, I'm sure that, like, if that happens to me, you know, and we've all taken shots off the feet, or you and I, but, like, you take the it, – it's fine in the skate – and then you take the skate off, and then that's when the fucking blood and nerve endings start to wake up, and you're just like, that kills yeah, a million times worse. And I'm sure then it just fucking exploded and swelled up. Yeah. And then it's a nightmare to me to think about having to put the skate back on. He probably spent most of the cup when he wasn't playing with his foot in a bag of ice, or a bucket of ice. Yeah, dude. I would have put the skate and all just... Fucking don't take it off. Don't even take the skate off. Just skate in the fucking ice, freeze it, and just see what happens, and then take a bunch of fucking drugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... I mean, I imagine for that injury, he probably had to put his foot into an unlaced skate and then yeah. lace it. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Uh, can you imagine just having... Just wrenching that down... Oh. No. God. Um so yeah, that's the that's the bloodbath of injuries. Um and you know, miss me with all that bullshit about why are we glorifying all of these people who are putting their bodies at risk to win? It's like because they're putting their bodies at risk to win. Like you're answering your own fucking question there. Bro, I put my body at risk to win beer league. <laughs> right? Like this is this is an informed decision yeah. that a grown ass adult is making. Right. So like you said, miss me with that bullshit. <laughs> I don't I don't get it. I mean I and yeah, I mean, you know, this does add to the badass mythology of hockey because uh, and, you know, I hate to also be like, well, if you've never played, if you've never played hockey, you wouldn't know. But, like, if you've never played hockey in a game that has hitting, uh, you know, at, and you don't even have to play it. I mean, at the high school level, is isn't in, intense enough for people to be like, holy fuck. You know, being on the ice is, is a lot different from watching it from the stands. Um, you know, just the emotions and being there in the moment and then just getting your fucking world rocked by a hit and just you know you're there and you're seeing it everywhere all your boys are taking it too I mean you don't really want to be that guy who's who's not able to contribute and be out there especially if you're somebody contributing to the team yeah and it's got to feel better on when you get that cup knowing that you played through it instead of watching it happen oh yeah no doubt uh, you know I'm sure Nachuskin's not feeling a goddamn thing no. <laughs> right now. Nachuskin's not going to feel shit for another fucking week. But, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. And, hey, maybe you talk to these guys when they're 60 and 70 and they can't fucking walk right. And they're like, yeah, I would trade the cup. You know, I mean, who is the – who? what the fuck was the guy's name? The, well, he had, he had uh, head issues, though. Carcillo. Carcillo was like, I would give up all three cups – to have 
you know, my mental capacity back and shit like that. And I, okay, that's one thing, um, for sure with the brain injury stuff, but also, you know, I, I don't know that that's clearly the, the vocal minority there. Yeah. Um, and I, I, you know, I think that when you talk about head injuries and brain damage is completely different, um, thing than like, okay, I fucked my foot up really bad. Yeah, absolutely. You know? I definitely think brain injuries are much more severe, but you know, these, uh, you know, you got two feet. You don't need, you don't need them both. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> That's why we have a backup. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, all right, Capstans, we do have a little bit of, um, uh, Washington wraparound information. We're not going to play the music, even though the music is sick, but, uh, just a couple <laughs> little tidbits about the caps to cap off the show. Uh, Leeson and Malenstein signed for 1.5 or 1.5 each, uh, for two years. So that's a little bit of a pay upgrade for those guys on the little bridge deal. Um, Malenstein's entering his later twenties. So good to see him kind of, he, he was supposed to get a shot in the roster this year, but he too had an Achilles injury from what I remember. Now I'm thinking about it. Um, and I really liked Leeson dudes, a fridge out there, just a, mm-hmm. a big man. I love that can skate, can hit, uh, and he gets to the net. So, uh, I liked watching both of these, uh, guys. I thought Malenstein did really well, uh, two years ago. And then I thought Leeson did well this year. We talked about it uh, all last year when we had the revolving door of injuries for the Washington Capitals that the young guys, I mean, McClellan's come out and said, we're really not interested in moving prospects that are NHL ready because we think we have a few of them and they're probably going to get a shot sooner rather than later. Uh, We would, though, be willing to bargain just about every draft pick that we have um, for an acquisition during the free agency trade deadline. So uh, it looks like the Caps like Malenstein and Leeson, and they'll probably get a lot more time with the big club, along with some of our other prospects that are pretty promising that we've seen last year in, in the 22-23 season. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing more of them. Yeah, I love the youth injected in the lineup. I really do. Um, <clears throat> Emily Ingle-Natsky uh, was promoted to video... Uh, uh, who was the video coordinator has been like a full-time uh, promoted like a full-time coaching position for the Washington Capitals on Thursday. Uh, make her the first woman to be full-time coach of the NHL. So congratulations to the Washington Capitals for, you know, for full, well, mostly to Emily, but like, it's great to see our club, you know, give a, give a lady who deserves it a shot. Yeah. She's been doing it in Hershey. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we did a, a segment on her last year. She yeah. was, I think she was the, Maybe the first female NHL hired coach. Yeah. But she wasn't full-time because she was Hershey and mm-hmm. Washington. And, yeah, now she's doing video for the big club. Yep. That's awesome. Good for her. So congratulations to her, and awesome to see the Caps making those those moves. Uh, Caps fans, next, or on Thursday, which will be Polly's final, final episode, we are going to be talking about Unrivaled. Did you watch that shit yet? Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Um, there's a new pro, three-on-three kind of pro league that's happening this summer. Uh, and uh, we'll also be kind of just, you know, jerking uh, jerking Polly off for his time here at um, at the Official Caps Shirt Podcast. Some member bears. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, Caps fans, thanks for tuning in. Uh, we will see you on Thursday. 
Hockey Show, Polly Cupcakes, signing off. Bye. Hey, Caps fans. Thanks for tuning in to the official Caps Journal podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL. Follow me, the Hockey Troll, at Hockey Trolling on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And follow me, Polly Cupcakes, at Cupcake Polly on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And follow the show's handle, at Caps Chirp, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Special thanks to the Hockey Podcast Network, at Hockey Podnet on social, and the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. The Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Check them out, or we're not friends anymore.